0: Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. And I think all of us who are in this fight today are only in this fight because we first became aware of it at some point, right? And so maybe this conversation right now is being listened to by someone who's becoming aware of the first time. And and who knows what God can do with that? Who knows uh, after prayer and discernment uh, what the Spirit could lead your listeners to do to be involved?
1: Today is Day for Freedom. It's a day we use to raise awareness and get churches involved in the fight against human trafficking. Today we're joined by Joash Thomas. He is the National Director of Mobilization and Advocacy. He is going to share with us a little bit about his role and the importance of getting involved in this very important fight. We're joined today by Joash Thomas. He is the National Director of Mobilization and Advocacy for IJM. For those who don't know, what is IJM?
0: Yeah, no, thank you for that question, Colleen. So great to be here with you. IJM is International Justice Mission. Uh, we are the largest anti trafficking organization in the world. Uh, we've been around for the last 25 years and we've helped rescue more than 85,000 people from slavery and violence uh, in all its different forms. Uh, we've also helped protect over 10 million people from ever being trafficked or subject to violence in the first place. And so I get to be a part of our Canadian team uh, at ijam.ca. And uh, yeah, just uh, just really thankful for all our Canadian church partners and supporters across the country who allow our work to take place.
1: Now, you're the National Director of Mobilization and Advocacy. What what does that entail for you, and how does that help with international justice mission?
0: Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, getting to lead our uh, church partnerships work all across the country, uh, but I also get to lead our government advocacy work in Ottawa. So, uh, so I lead a team that does both, um, and uh, yeah, I get to go to churches all across the country. In fact, I just got back in town from Montreal uh where I was able to teach uh, over the weekend at one of our church partners there uh based in Toronto I've been to Winnipeg I you know get to travel all across the country uh preaching at Canadian churches uh, giving people an opportunity to get engaged you know what I'm seeing across the Canadian church is that uh Christians are convinced about justice Christians are convinced that this is what God calls us to do to go and rescue people um to put into practice what we see Jesus saying in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor, to set the captive free, to set free the oppressed. Uh, Christians are convinced, uh, and pastors are seeing this too, but pastors are also seeing that uh, everyday Christians across Canada just need the opportunity to go and seek justice. And an organization like IJM allows uh, everyday Christians to put their faith into practice.
1: Why are you so passionate about this career?
0: Yeah, I've wanted to work for IGM ever since I was a 15-year-old kid growing up in South Asia. Um, I had theological doubts as a teenager on where God was in the midst of justice and injustice. Uh, There was a wave of persecution that broke out against the church when I was there. And yeah, I was just wrestling with these questions. And I think the spirit really convicted me that I was only caring about justice and injustice because this was affecting my community and that there's so much injustice around the world that affects everyday people that we don't even know about. Correct. So, uh, yeah, so I've wanted to work for us ever since I was a 15 year old, uh, when I found out about IJM in the midst of all this and, uh, I've gotten to serve with us over the last eight years, uh, in three different countries around the world. And, uh, you know, I think, I'm passionate about this because I know that we can do this in our lifetime. Yeah. I know that we can end slavery, and we've uh, we've seen that when you train law enforcement when you bring the local church with you uh, when you train government partners uh we can we can end child sex trafficking we can end forced labor slavery we can end these things in cities so we've we've seen this in different parts of the world um, in one particular South Asian city um you know, not too long ago, police officers would stand outside brothels charging an admission fee for people to go and uh, sexually exploit little children and they'd rape them, you know, 15, 20 times a day. Uh, but today, the same police force, after being trained, after rooting out corruption, after uh, fighting the good fight, um, they have helped protect um, so many people to the point where uh, we sent an undercover investigators a couple of years ago. And we couldn't find a single child in the entire city being trafficked anymore. Wow. Uh, so this this is possible. And uh, that's why I love getting to do what I do.
1: How amazing is it to be a part of that?
0: Yeah, it, it truly is. It truly is. And I think what gives me even more joy is just seeing everyday Canadians um, just, you know, having the opportunity, knowing that they can make a difference, knowing that their prayers, their giving, their advocacy can make a tangible difference to helping rescue people. Yeah.
1: Now, today is day for freedom, a day where we just shine a spotlight on human trafficking, on sex trafficking and ending it. Why is a day like this so important?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, our uh, global founder and CEO, Gary Haugen, uh, he says that, you know, awareness isn't everything, but awareness is the first step. And I think all of us who are in this fight today are only in this fight because we first became aware of it at some point right and so maybe this conversation right now is being listened to by someone who's becoming aware of the first time and and who knows what god can do with that who knows uh after prayer and discernment uh what the spirit could lead your listeners to do to be involved And you know the beauty of the body of christ is we all have different gifts uh, we're all wired in different ways and uh, and you know when when we when there is awareness all of us then have the information that we need to yeah prayerfully discern how we can bring our full selves and our gifts into this fight as well so yeah it's important
1: why do you feel that now we're in 2023 and we still have to have a day like this why is it still shocking mm-hmm. when people hear that this is actually going on in the world and sometimes even in our own backyard
0: yeah, yeah. It's shocking because it really is dark. Um, it can really be depressing when you get your head around uh, the stories of how brutal human trafficking really is. Um, but at IJM, we also like to emphasize the hope. You know, we like to point people to the fact that God is still at work, God isn't done with us, uh, He still loves the world. Uh, the same God that sent His Son into the world. Uh, because he loves us, also cares about uh, people who are poor, who are trafficked, who are orphaned. And, uh, and, and you know, as as bad as the bad news about injustice is, the good news is that God is still at work, and he's still at work through his people, the church, and uh, we get to be a part of that.
1: It's beautiful when you get to see that. Now, you mentioned earlier you do a lot of the stuff with the government partners, yeah. A lot of the time we forget how important that side of things is. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a little more of an in-depth reasoning behind that and why we need to get everybody involved?
0: No, thank you for that question. Yeah. You know, if, uh, and I'm also a theologian, right? So uh, I'll give you a slightly theological answer <laughs> here. But if you look at Scripture, um, God has given the government a clear task to protect the vulnerable, to protect life, uh, to protect people who are poor from oppression. You can see this all throughout the prophetic books where God sends prophets to kings uh, to call them uh, to repentance and to call them to do better in protecting people who are poor from violence. Um, you see this also later on in Romans uh, when you know, Paul talks about uh, the power of the sword being given to the state uh, to protect people uh, from violence and from injustice. Um, So that's the role of the state. Uh, The church can't do that. The church shouldn't be going and enforcing laws. That's not our mandate. But the mandate of the church is prophetic in the sense of we get to speak truth to power, especially on behalf of those who are oppressed and marginalized, because God cares about them. Jesus cares about them. And it's our role as the church to stand in the gap between between people who are poor and oppressed by injustice uh, and uh, the government authorities who have the power to do something about this. And uh, so from the very beginning of, beginning of IJM, our goal has always been to take the church with us and we can like, you know, we're made up of Christians who do this work, Christian lawyers and social workers and all that. But we need to take the church with us because this is the role of the church as well to prophetically speak truth to power.
1: I love that. What is that like, you know, being a Christian and going into this world of the government and whatnot? Because it, those two aren't always on the same, I don't know what word to use, platform, same length, you know, yeah. what, what is that like to bring those two together?
0: Yeah, great question. Yeah, and I'm so glad you've asked me this. So I have a master's degree in political management. I worked in the political world for many years um, and I now work for IJM, bringing the same expertise that I developed in the political world to our work here um you know i i think it's it's very neat that uh some christians also get to serve in this way christians who are lawyers who understand government uh you know christians who are law enforcement uh you know we have a lot of investigators who are former law enforcement uh so they bring their skills uh so it's a, it's a beautiful way of doing uh marketplace ministry in that way um yeah and i i think i think you know god uh, wants all of us to seek justice regardless of what our skill sets are. Uh so yeah, we get to do this fight. And uh I think I lost track of your questions. So feel free to <laughs> remind me if I did answer that.
1: When it comes today for freedom, when it comes to today yep. and human trafficking, we're listening to this. There might be people out there that are going, like, okay, I understand this is happening, but where do I even start? How can mm. I get involved? I'm listening to you. I'm passionate about this. Mm. But but where do I start? How do I get into this? There's so many different ways and different areas when it comes to ending human trafficking
0: yeah, yeah for any of you listeners who are listening to this uh, or reading this and are asking that question, the first thing I want to just say is thank you thank you for asking that question. That's very much the first step um so what I tell people across Canada is that the three best ways uh, you can partner with the work of i j n is by praying, giving, and advocating. Uh, So pray, pray for our work. Uh, We have a newsletter that goes out every week with prayer requests from the field. Uh, It's IJM.ca forward slash prayer. Uh, So pray for our work. Um, Give, give to our work. Uh, If you go to IJM.ca forward slash free, uh, you can find out ways to contribute to our work, and you know, the work of justice is is expensive. Uh, and seeking justice Jesus's way will always cost us something, right? So, for example, it costs ten thousand dollars for one rescue operation. That includes everything from therapy hours, legal fees, investigator fees, gas in the tank, all of that. Um, and uh, you know, and it's it's expensive work. Um, so so yeah, we have uh, we have people who give to us at all different levels uh, from. Uh, $50 a month to some folks who give us $10,000, $20,000 a year to, you know, um, uh, even businesses that uh, partner with us, uh, like the Walmart Foundation and uh, the Howard Buffett Foundation and Target and others like that. Um, Yeah, and then advocate, you know, tell your friends, tell your members of Parliament. Um, You know, we're going to be doing more advocacy campaigns in the days to come, and we'll keep uh, CHVN and your listeners up to date on that as well. One
1: thing you mentioned that's very interesting that we forget is all of the work, like you just said, that goes into saving someone from human trafficking. It's not like, hey, we've saved them, we've taken them from this horror. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, there's therapy, there's all this other stuff. Tell us a little bit more about that and what that like. It, it doesn't end when you save that person. Things this this journey continues after.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Colleen. Um, we have a policy of not leaving survivors until they're fully restored so we stay with a survivor until they're fully free um because you know trauma can be such a tricky thing where you can be rescued uh, from trafficking and slavery but uh, you still have to live with that trauma for the rest of your life and uh, you know and a lot of times survivors really struggle with how to adapt to the real world with Other skill sets when they don't have those skills to participate in the marketplace so uh, we have intensive aftercare programs um much of our aftercare work is done through church partners but then we also want to train government social services to do better uh because again it's the job it's the job of the state uh to rescue and relieve people uh with the support of the church Um, so yeah we uh you know our aftercare programs look different in every part of the world depending on uh, the type of person we're rescuing, if it's a little child that we're rescuing from online sexual exploitation in the, in the Philippines, obviously um, that process is going to be longer. Um, if it's uh, adults uh, or, or people closer to adult age, that you know process tends to be a little shorter, but um, we don't leave them until they're fully restored. And we have very effective programs in place to walk with these survivors.
1: So just like today, today is Day for Freedom it's one day but this is going to continue for days to come it's just like the work that you do
0: jesus calls <laughs> us to be faithful in our little and uh you know to bring our um to bring whatever we have to the table and and he will he will take that he will use that for his glory and um and he invites us to partner with him even in the work of justice and you know this could be the first step for so many of your listeners um but then you know it's up to us to discern how God might be calling us to take that next step uh to seek justice with him.
1: You mentioned prayer earlier. What is the yeah. most common prayer request that you get?
0: yeah, yeah, um you know, I think uh so much of our work is directly rescuing people from oppression uh through our law enforcement partners um, One big prayer is. You know that there aren't any tip-offs in a rescue operation. That, um, that you know, there's no leak uh, within police departments, especially new police departments we're partnering with, uh, where the traffickers get al- alerted that this is happening. Um, and so, you know, so we always always want to pray that these operations are going smooth. And then another big type of prayer request is uh for survivors who we help rescue because readjusting to the outside world can be um can be really difficult and uh you know because of trauma some survivors are suicidal some survivors um you know just just uh have a really hard time healing uh and so those are some of the heavier prayer requests that we deal with uh but uh individual survivors matter to us just as much as reducing and ending prevalence rates of of trafficking uh, around the world. Yeah.
1: Day for Freedom, it's the perfect day to start thinking about this, start figuring out ways to get involved for the listeners that want to do that, want to learn more about IJM, maybe more about the role that you play there. How can they go about learning that?
0: Yeah, yeah. So a couple of resources. Uh, If you're a church leader, if you're a pastor and you're listening to this and you want to get your church engaged, uh, please visit our website. It's basically igm.ca forward slash uh, churches or igmca forward slash uh, igm.ca forward slash freedom Sunday. Uh, those are two great websites for church leaders uh, or even everyday Christians who want to get their church communities involved in this fight. Uh, your church can help end slavery in our lifetime, and uh, you know a lot of times the difference between someone being stuck in trafficking and someone being free is your church it could be your church it could be people in your church who can make a difference in this fight so uh yeah go to those two websites to learn more about how your church can get engaged uh you can go to ijm.ca forward slash prayer if you want to sign up for our prayer newsletter and uh yeah and who knows what what god can do with those uh little faithful acts of obedience
1: That simple little thing can have huge impact. Thank you so much for making time for us.
0: Thanks for having me and thank you for all the great work that you do.
1: And thank you so much for joining us and joining in on this fight. We'll talk to you again on Connections.